If you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of of food, food. Super Bowl edition. First, would you ever dip your pizza in guacamole? The brand Holy Mm. Guacamole is Mm. desperately trying to make it a thing for Super Bowl Sunday. Mm. I'm addicted to dipping my pizza crusts in hummus. But I never thought about guacamole. Hmm. Second, Jif is giving away jars of peanut butter to keep Super Bowl fans from wasting celery. They're calling it the ploy. They're calling it Save the Celery campaign. Is that because you don't eat it with your buffalo wings? Yeah. Uh, okay. It just sits, you know, it goes in that little plastic container and then you're like, uh, I guess well, I'll throw uh, this isn't away. Isn't it supposed to be like you eat the hot wing and you dip that in the, the ranch to the blue cool your cheese. mouth off or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Ugh, no ranch. Blue cheese. No, anyway. Finally, in the world of food, if you feel extra festive and feel like baking, Amazon and Walmart both sell football cookie cutters shaped Mm. like the ball and jerseys that you can decorate with 49ers and Chiefs logos. Or if you want to lick your wounds, Cav, you can decorate them in purple Ravens colors. (laughs) I think that's what the Chiefs had last week before the game. They ate a bunch of Ravens cookies. (laughs) Put them in the mood to destroy my team. When your baby was born, did your miracle happen in a pretty standard fashion at the hospital? Mm -hmm. Coming up, Mm -hmm. what if you gave birth here. So when you gave birth to your child, was it pretty standard? You know, every baby's a miracle from God. But was there entry, you know, like in a hospital, just an, a normal birth? What if you gave birth here? The most magical place on earth. Yeah, a maternity ward overlooking Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. When your baby arrives, you would get a photo shoot with mom, dad, baby, and Mickey Mouse. And your baby would get one of the infamous Disney buttons that says, I was born at Disney World. (laughs) Well, turns out there was even a price tag of $5,000, which sounds very affordable compared to, I I was talking to someone the other day when they gave birth, it was $10,000 and her daughter's now about to turn 17. Is that five grand in addition to the normal birthing cost? You would think there would be big money there. My baby was born in Disney World. But, you know, it would only be for people who live in Orlando because babies are so unpredictable. Well, turns out the whole thing was a rumor. It's not a real thing. Maternity wards at Disney. Well, if you get close to your due date and you really want that to happen, just like, you know, go get on some bumpy rides. (laughs) Thunder Mountain. Come on, baby. if if, if, If that were me and Tracy and one of our kids was born there, they would at least have the middle name. Mickey, if it was a boy, Minnie, if it was a girl. Yeah? Like, oh, what? You think your wife would be cool with that? Oh, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. How could you not? It'd be like, oh, or here's how you could do it. Go, okay, I'm thinking of two names. It's either Mickey or Goofy. (laughs) 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 Which one do you want it to be? And she, she would have looked at me and gone, well, we already got a Goofy. How about we go with Mickey? You ever find out unexpected, shocking, and surprising news, and you're like, what? How did that happen? Happened to my wife the other day. I'll tell you what's up with her next. Okay, so my wife got some shocking and unexpected news the other day. Uh, She was buying, I think it was cold medicine or something you have to show your ID for. Mm -hmm. And the the cashier said, hey, your uh, driver's license is expired. (gasps) Yeah. She was like, wait, wait, whoa, no way. And it it expired like back in June. Oh, my goodness. Like months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, (gasps) I I said, Trace, you got to, you got to get that taken care of. You get pulled over. She's in big trouble. And and I'm stunned that we got through, like we've gone on flights 
since it's been expired, and they didn't say anything. They just put her right on through. So thank um, God for the pharmacist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm wow. thinking back to like some of the trips we took. It could have all gone out the window, oh, or at least been delayed for a couple been of days. Awful. Yeah, they, but she's a uh, yes. She is taking care of it and getting it squared away. Ooh. But the, just a heads up. You may want to check your driver's license. I was just going to say, I can't wait to get to my desk so I can check my wallet right now. So Cav's been very open over the years about having a lot of anxiety going to the dentist. For me, it's, ah, that's no big deal. It's the OBGYN for me. But um, I just had to go to the dentist yesterday. It made me think of you, Kev. Um, There is a dental office in Minnesota. Mm Mm-hmm. And they have a therapy dog Aww. that comes to the office every day. <laughs> and like this woman, she's it, 61. Did they name him nitrous oxide? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cute. Actually, his name is Ollie. Hmm. And he um, he's such a good boy. He look he smiles a lot like my Alex the Wonder Mutt. Mm-hmm. And so this lady, she's 61 and she has struggled and names Maya with dental anxiety her whole life. And so she showed up for her dental hygienist appointment. She gets in the chair and this 80 pound English golden doodle, Ollie, (laughs) hops on her lap. She starts petting him. Hmm. He falls asleep right on her lap while she's laying in the chair. She didn't even need nitrous oxide. It totally calmed her down. So all to the dentist. All hands on deck. Everyone needs a dental dog I wonder, in your office. I wonder, does little Ollie have like a bald spot on top of his head? From getting rubbed so <laughs> Right much. from people being so nervous. <laughs> they rub the fur off. Are you good at impersonating anyone? Kev, you do a pretty good Scottish, Irish uh, That's type more, accent. more pirate for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why, but Popeye came to mind. Oh. Here you go. Well, am, here you go. Listen to this. Maybe you could quit your day job. Danny's 34, and he's a warehouse uh, guy working in England. Well, he impressed his friends one time with a spot-on Elvis impersonation. Danny's wife secretly recorded uh, his impersonation in the kitchen, and one of his buddies sent the footage to a talent agent. Well, guess what? Danny's now working as a full-time Elvis impersonator, making 500 bucks a gig. He goes by the name Danny Graceland, and he's pretty good. He's been doing it for a couple years now, and he says his best run so far was 18 shows in a single weekend. Can we listen to him for a minute here? Go Danny. Danny Graceland. How much longer will Elvis tribute acts be able to make a a living? I guess Elvis is timeless, right? If he's still, if people are still wanting to see live Elvis music now, so many years after he's passed away, is it ever going to (laughs) end? Yeah. I mean, are they going to like start a family? Does he feel good about this gig for his future? Like, I guess he can be the older Elvis Uh, as he he ages. If he has, if he has a baby, they start family, have a baby, they can, uh, he can have his baby dressed as Elvis, Little L. Yeah. <laughs> Put little fake sideburns on him and stuff, little fake pompadour wig. There you go. Hey, let me hear your Elvis imitation. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone in your life, or, or maybe you, accidentally send vague, uh, alarming, and threatening texts? Does anyone in your life do that? And again, maybe it's you. Let's talk about that next. So has anyone ever told you or maybe you have someone in your life uh, that sends mildly threatening or mildly alarming texts and you're like, hey, is everything okay? Here, I'll give you an example. My wife will out of the blue 
send a text to our son. And it'll say uh, something like, son, you know I love you. Son, I love you too. Is everything okay? Mom, yeah, I'm sitting in the doctor's office. Again, son, is everything okay? What's wrong? They're calling me back. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) That just ain't right. (laughs) Right? My mom does that with stories. She'll start out and you're like... Oh, no. Oh, no. And it takes her like five to eight minutes till, you know, the person's still alive and they made it. (laughs) And you're just like, Mom, you just gave me an eight minute heart attack. Well, this all started with my kids on our group chat, our family group chat called Should I Punch You? Um, The group chat, they sent a TikToker, did a fake conversation between him and his mom where he's like thinking his mom is on death's door. And my daughter, Amber, put or my son put, mom, you know, that's true. And she responded back with another classic mom response. Hmm. She does H and like 40 M's after it. And we never know. Is that a good, hmm, a bad, hmm, a judgmental, hmm? What kind of hmm is that? It can't be good. We it can't be good. No. And, and Kyle put, you send me the most nonchalantly threatening Threatening slash alarming texts ever. You know I love you. And then Amber put, it's so true. That's hilarious. (laughs) I've been on the receiving end of those sometimes from Tracy. It's like she doesn't give enough context to know there's no reason to be alarmed. (laughs) You should start a collection and make a little book. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Shalantly, Shalantly threatening and alarming texts from your mom. It'd be a bestseller, right? Kev, I'm working on a new theory. I haven't written a thesis yet, but I, I thought maybe you could help me explore it a little bit. And okay. here's my theory. You can tell approximately a person's age by what kind of food they love. Hmm. I think this might be a thing. Okay. Let's talk about it next. Okay, so I have this weird theory I've been working on, and that is that if someone tells you like the kind of foods they really crave... Mm-hmm. or maybe that make them think of their childhood, mm-hmm. you could probably guess their age. You might be off like five or six years, but you could probably get pretty close. Mm-hmm. For example, picture this, Kev. You're talking to an older guy in an airplane. He sits down next to you, and he talks about Salisbury steak. And you're like, oh, I'm what? Thinking, uh, frozen, what is that? Uh, Swanson Hungry Man Dinner. Is that how they came? Yeah. Frozen, or did people cook dinner. them at home, too? I think people probably made them at home, but my familiarity with them is when my parents got divorced and my dad didn't cook, Swanson Hungry Man was on yeah, the that was a, this every guy, night until, um, until we started getting pizza delivered. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was telling me it's not really, he didn't think it was worth it, but it was a big thing. And so I said, do you mind if I ask how old you are? And he said... I'm 59. Mm-hmm. And so it was Salisbury steak. So like if you're talking to someone and they they say either I had avocado toast or cream of wheat for breakfast, you kind of get a visual of them in your head, right? Okay. Or if they're craving a jello mold or <laughs> pineapple upside down cake or oh, I'm going to make myself some delicious beef stroganoff. Mm-hmm. You get a feel for how old they might be or what their mom cooked for them when they were little. Oh, here's one that dates you. My mom grew up, because we're all coffee snobs now, right? Everybody's a coffee snob. Oh, I'm, I want my latte frappe, and please don't make it over 140 degrees. That's how like coffee snobbish people can be nowadays. My mom, instant coffee. 
I would make her instant coffee every morning. She'd be like, hey, could you run downstairs and make me a coffee? My parents did that. Boil the water, put in a teaspoon of it, and, and I got it just so the proportion was right, how, how she liked it. And after I started drinking coffee for a while, I was like, I, I have some here at the radio station in case the coffee maker ever goes oh, down. funny. I can at least have something. It tastes terrible. My parents would embarrass me at restaurants because I guess kind of like instead of asking for a tissue, they'd ask for a Kleenex. And they would go, do you have Senka? <laughs> yes. And I guess that's yes. a decaffeinated yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, the waiter or waitress would look at them like, what? Do you mean right, decaf coffee? That. My mom had that. Yeah, she had that. <laughs> so if you want to call in and tell us a food that you love or you loved as a kid or your mom always made and see if we can guess your age, feel free to call us. We'll play the game. Oh, yeah, because everybody wants to reveal their age. <laughs> <laughs> you can stay anonymous. <laughs> We're talking about our favorite foods and and how they how they can date us. Here's something that'll date me. Um, my fifth grade teacher one time brought in this very exotic food for all of his class to try, and was it and and it was something that none of us had ever had. We had seen it on TV before, but had never had it ourselves. The exotic food that he brought for all of us to try. Tacos. Ah! <laughs> I remember the first time I ordered fajitas at a restaurant. It came out steaming, and my parents were like, "What is that?" Did you feel sophisticated? And I said fajitas, and they're like fajitas. I'm like, no fajitas. But like, so I don't know. I'm still working on this theory. If you can guess someone's age by their favorite foods, like for example, if they like pineapple up a side down cake. Or deviled eggs, or a wedge salad, or my, shrimp cocktail. But my kids love deviled eggs. I don't. How about hamburger it's, helper? Must have skipped a generation in our family. Like, yeah. Tracy will make them for our kids every holiday because they adore it. I grew up eating that, but I do not have a longing for we it. We never had deviled eggs in our. Family. I grew up eating hamburger. You said a hamburger helper. Helper. Yeah. I don't even. I don't even think they have commercials. for they even make it anymore? I think they still make it. Do they? I'm pretty sure. And then they came out with tuna helper and we were all like, yeah, Ooh. like, like someone, if someone says, Ooh, I'm going to make myself a delicious tuna casserole for dinner tonight. Hmm. Oh, I you might be able to guess their a, age. A lot of our parents grew up post, like my parents were boomers and everyone was in love with the idea of instant everything. Oh. So like when microwaves came out, my mom was the microwave queen. Really? <laughs> It was a family joke. It was like, okay, what's she going to put in the microwave now? That's hilarious. Yeah. I yeah, heard, yeah. I just use mine like melt butter, reheat stuff. That's well, about yeah, it. Or more, yeah, warm something yeah. up and stuff like that, but rarely to, to cook, cook something. Yeah. But, but for all of us now, uh, the, the micro, what the microwave, how we think of our parents cooking with the microwave, generations in the future will think of us with the air fryer. Yes. <laughs> what were they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> If you're going to fry it, just fry it. (laughs) Hey, do you get a a little bit worn out by all the tiny little decisions you have to make every day, all day long? Mm. Uh, They did this in a survey. And the top daily decisions we struggle with include what to eat, what to watch, what to wear, and whether we really want to meet up with that friend or just stay home. Other little (laughs) tiny decisions we have to make, uh, whether spending money on something is worth it or not, how to spend the short time you have during your morning routine, and more. Now, thankfully, we recognize those are just tiny decisions. The poll looked at the top big decisions we make uh, with our, you know, over our time of our life. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the big ones are buying a house, getting married, having kids, changing jobs, and moving. 
Hmm. Those are huge decisions. Oh, yeah. And when I hear people are doing like multiples of those all at the same time. Oh, yeah. And and so, I mean, a lot of times they go hand in hand. You change a job, you got to move, right? Yeah. Or you change a job. You get married, you move out of town for that first job and all of that. You're getting married. You're getting a new job. You're getting a new house. Everything all at one time. I know a couple who in five months have gotten married, gotten pregnant, and they're on their second move already. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> You can do it when you're young. Yeah, I guess so. Coming up, can you really get good parenting advice through TikTok? Can you actually get quality parenting advice through TikTok? Well, according to a mom of three, Krista Gundy, you absolutely can. She lives in Ohio and she took her three children to their favorite science museum and they were loving the giant play area when all of the sudden... I went seven years without losing one of my children. All of a sudden, I don't know where my three-year-old is. She was frantic. Her first instinct was to start yelling her little girl's name, Lily! Lily! How many other Lilies would there be? But she remembered a parenting hack she saw on TikTok and instead started yelling, Little girl! Pink Minnie Mouse shirt! And then all the other moms started yelling it too. Little girl! Pink Minnie Mouse shirt! She found her daughter within seconds because all the moms teamed up. They found Lily safe and sound. Mom was crying, but Lily was clueless and happy. I was going to say, did Lily sit sit there going like, wow, there's another kid dressed just like me here. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's looking for her. (laughs) Uh, So great tip. Don't scream your child's name. Start yelling a description of who you're hunting for. I always try to share this travel tip whenever this comes up. Remember we had somebody on and they were like, when you travel with your kids, have them wear like their favorite favorite football jersey or baseball jersey or something. So if they get lost and you're like the airport, you're not just going, oh, he's about five foot two and he's got on a brown shirt. Mm-hmm. He's five foot two, he's got on a Braves jersey, right? And that's way more identifiable than, than anything else. I love that. Such a simple but useful tip. So that mom had a dramatic story where she lost her daughter at this ginormous mm-hmm. science museum and so just started scary. yelling a description of her daughter. All the moms chipped in, found her within seconds. But how about you? Have you ever had that terrifying moment that it feels like eternity where you couldn't lay eyes on oh, your, you lost kid? your kid? Yeah. We'd love to hear your story. We're talking about that awful feeling. When you lose your kid, I think every parent has probably done it, even if it's just for a few seconds. It feels like an eternity. Uh, Our son, Kyle, when he was eight or nine years old, wandered off in Target. And it was so bad. They like shut the store down. Whoa. Made an announcement. The doors are locked. We have a lost child. If you have lost your kid, come to the front office so he can identify you. Ooh, so we always tease good. Kyle. That was his, if he ever wanted to switch parents, that was his big opportunity. <laughs> we have an infamous story in our family. My dad had scrimped and saved, and I think this was kind of his YOLO trip before because he found out he had multiple sclerosis mm-hmm. and he knew his health was going to decline. Mm. So all seven of us, can you imagine the expense, flew on an airplane out to Colorado and rented a motorhome. And we stayed to save money. We ate all our meals in the RV and stuff. But the flights, I can't imagine. Well, we had a layover. Uh, We went from West Palm Beach, Florida, because I grew up in Jupiter, layover in Atlanta, uh, on to Denver. Well, in the Atlanta airport, all seven of us are trying to make it to our next gate. And all of a sudden, we can't find one of the little five-year-old twins. Five-year-old, five-year-old, and some really bad things making national headlines were happening in Atlanta at the time. Mm. We freaked, and so my parents were smart. Um, We split up as a family. One group just stayed in case she came back looking for us, and the other group went to backtrack 
and to see if she, you know where yeah. she was. And she, thank God a flight attendant found her and she was mm. crying and I can't find my mommy and daddy. And mm. whew, that was like the longest whatever. It felt like an hour. I bet you it was like five minutes. Wow. Uh, the Very flight scary. Attendant, we had a, uh, our one daughter at the airport that there was an airport with a train and Tracy was getting on the train with, she had all three of her daughters and one of them to get on, didn't get on the train. Ugh. She had that awful feel. It was almost like a movie of the doors closing and she's still on the plat, kids still on the platform and the train takes off oh. and a pilot was waiting oh, on the platform and, and found her. So, wow. Yeah. Sometimes angels wear a stewardess and airline pilot yes, uniforms. Yes, they do. Get the tissues out because you are going to be so touched by this mother's last dying wish for her son. Kat Janice is 31 and she has a precious seven-year-old son. Well, Kat has been battling cancer for a long time when she got the tough news that the cancer has moved into her lungs. And she's in hospice now and she wrote one final tune for her little boy, made sure he would get royalties on the song and ask people on TikTok to make it go viral as her dying wish. People were so mm. touched by a mother's love that they danced and shared and shared. And now the song is charting Apple iTunes as number five in the world Whoa. and number one in multiple countries. Even better, Janice was still here to see it happen no for kidding. her son. Wow, what a story. You know, some kids just aren't college material. That just that's not their thing and that that's okay. I have a nephew who worked his way through high school as an apprentice and now he is working to be a full-time electrician mm -hmm. right out of college and he's making great money and Good he loves him. it. Well, what if I told you that your son or daughter could earn upwards of $400,000 a year without wow. a college degree. Wow. No How college do they do necessary, that? no college debt. Well, they would go and work their way up and become a manager of Walmart. Hmm. They're giving bigger bonuses and adding stock awards to their annual pay packages. And so the best managers are making like $400,000 a year. And they have thousands of store managers. And they are kind of like mini CEOs. I mean, think about it. They've got like a store with 350 employees they're in charge of, $100 million in annual revenue. Wow. A lot of them are functioning almost like a little mini Amazon because they got so many online orders they have to fulfill. Yeah. So it's All just the stores, this major thing. Stores within a store. I yeah. mean, they've got a nail salon, an optical center, all kinds yeah, of stuff yeah. going on. So yeah. they say store managers are now going to be able to earn up to $20,000 in annual stock grants and up to 200% bonus each year. Whoa. And that's all on top of the average base salary for a Walmart store manager is around $128,000 a year. Mm. So just, just so, I mean, I'm not saying your son or daughter is immediately going to go like, yeah, that's okay. That's what I'm going to do. But it gets them to think outside of just, you know, oh, I have to go to four-year school. I have to accrue debt. Yeah. Um, maybe they want to go into the medical field. And there's a lot of two-year schools where you can get certified for like sonogram or x-rays or Things like that. So I wonder what the hours are like for that Walmart manager Ooh. position. If it's like 80 hours a week, I, you are know you what? always at Walmart? I bet you a lot of it depends on the quality of the people under you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the goal, right? You've got to train and delegate 
So you can have a life outside of work. Yeah, I don't know. But boy, those numbers sure do make it sound attractive, right? Coming up, do you know anyone who called off their wedding at the last minute? This is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news! Hey, do you know anyone who's called off their wedding at the very last minute? Sounds like a movie, doesn't it? Well, a bride in California who wants to remain anonymous learns something about her fiancé at the last minute that made her realize, this is not the guy that I want to spend the rest of my life with. It was too late to get a refund on her $15,000 wedding reception, so she donated it to a charity called Parents Helping Parents that supports moms and dads who have kids with special needs. So they threw a party for 100 people and called it the Ball for All. They had a DJ and dancing, a photo booth, included dinner with a ton of desserts, and Maria, who runs the, ch- runs the charity, was absolutely thrilled. I've never heard of anyone ever calling a nonprofit and saying, we want to donate a $15,000 party. Just thrilled that we will be able to have an event for families. Isn't that awesome? That is what a night they had. Reminded me a little bit of like Tim Tebow's Night to Shine mm-hmm. proms, oh, but really it was cool. all paid for. Should you have any friends that go to a lot of concerts? I mean, a lot. It seems like every every time you talk to them, they're like, "Oh yeah, we're going to the, going to show this weekend." Yeah, his name is Kevin. <laughs> well, I I met a guy last night that has been to more shows than I think anyone I've ever met. We'll talk about it next. So do you know anybody that goes to a lot of shows? For a lot of my friends, that's me. <laughs> I do like you to go, go to more than anyone I've ever met. Live music takes you to a d- different emotional place. Yes, and I like that emotional place. Yeah. So, and I've, I've just oh, music has always my entire life has been my my whole thing. That's that's what I love to do. But you met so, someone who's way more into yeah. it than you. Uh, well, Mark Lee from Third Day. Remember Mark from Third Day? Uh, we went and saw Elvis Costello. Who's like this 80s icon. He's like one of those iconic artists that if you get a chance to see him, you go, it's like Bob Dylan or something. You go and see Elvis Costello. So he and I went to the Elvis Costello show and we we were hanging out in this um, like lounge area. We got there way early and there was this lounge area. So we both got a Coke and we sat down and it's just me and him in this lounge with like, there's like 10 sofas in this lounge area. And this guy comes in, he's like, hey, is this where the players play? Is this where the party's at? And we were like... Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's great. My buddy's going to be here in a minute. I'm going to sit here. He's going to sit there. This guy started talking nonstop for, I'm not kidding, in like an hour straight. Like we could not get a, it. never came up that Mark was in a Grammy Award winning band. Never came up that I'm on a syndicated radio show. This guy just talked about all the concerts he's been to. Really? He went to 86 concerts last year. Whoa, that's he, a lot. He lives He's got to go to multiple concerts a week. He lives right across the street from one of those outdoor wow. concert venues. And uh-huh. he, he says, I've had season tickets for like 15 years. I, I have never missed a show. I go to everything. I said, no matter who it is, he goes, I don't care who it is. I have front row seats. I go in there for everything. I said, Baby Shark comes to town. You're going. He's like, if it's at that venue, I'm there. No way. Yeah. And he goes, my buddy, uh, and the guy I just sat down, he's trying to break my record. He's going to try to go to 100 concerts this year. Wow. I said, that's like. Every two nights, you're going to another concert. He yeah. goes, yes. And here he goes, he goes, we're, we're coming up with a handbook, concert goers handbook. Festivals only count as one show. He goes, if you go to a festival <laughs> and there's five bands playing, that counts as one concert, not five. Maybe you're going to see this guy in the Guinness Book of World Records someday. So then I said to him, what about cover, uh, cover bands, tribute bands? Do they count? He said, 
absolute yes. Okay, there you go. So there you go. If you've been to more than 86 shows, you've beaten my new friend. But wow, that's a lot of concerts. How do you even recover? How do you go to work? How do you have a job and go to that many concerts? I really do like concerts. You're talking about the guy who's trying to go to 100 concerts in one year. (laughs) I don't think I could ever pull that off. Maybe in retirement. (laughs) Because the big thing is the expense. It's very expensive to Mm -hmm. go to concerts. And B... The sleep deprivation. Yeah. Those are the two problems. And then the other thing I've run into is I usually have to find a sister or a friend to go to concerts with me because my husband has had so many bad experiences at concerts. Like I couldn't wait. I think it was you and Tracy who bought us tickets to go see Jason Mraz Mm, for Christmas. And we get to the venue and sure enough, the lady right by my husband, I mean, smack dab next to him. One armrest between them the whole time was going, we love you, Jason. We love you. And it just was like, okay, we know he heard you. We know you love him. And now it's time to enjoy the music. But she she couldn't stop. Good thing Jason didn't hear him and say, like, I love you back. And she would have then switched to, I love you more. (laughs) It would have been never ending.